0: Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Early Birds Podcast. And today, we have a special guest, good friend of mine, very welcoming when I entered the broker space, Mark Summers, president of AIM. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Excellent. Thanks for having me. Today. Yes, sir. It's going to be fun.
0: Yes, sir. It, it is going to be fun. And my God, I didn't realize your voice, how, how deep it is. It's a radio it's voice not, for it's, sure. It's because it's early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Give me time. So for those that know, it's it's 643 in the morning here in Michigan. Uh, early Birds Podcast is, is all about starting your day early. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, that you have to start at four or 5 a.m. If you have a night job, we appreciate you. We know that is a very important job. But what is your early? If your day starts at 5, generally, are you getting up at 3 in the afternoon as opposed to 5 in the afternoon? This is all about starting your day sooner, just getting prepared and being ready. So, Mark, I'm going to dive into it, sir. Uh, Your background is very fascinating. Been in the mortgage (laughs) space for some time. I just learned uh, you were also a ball boy. Yeah, your yeah, entire life. Can you tell me about
1: that? That's the fun stuff. So, yeah. yeah um, no, my, my dad was uh, was one of the vice presidents for the Palace of Auburn Hills Pistons. And uh, I think, God, when I was 10 years old, 9 years old, he was working the games. And, you know, me and my brother, he, he missed us. You know, and he was just like, I got to work these games. You know, he went in every day at 7 a.m. So then he talked to the trainer over there and said, hey, you know, can my sons be ball boys so they I can be there with them? And that's how it started, literally at, like, 9 years old 10 years old I was at the Palace for every single Pistons game.
0: What was that like if you can recall 9 10 year old Mark Summers losing
1: his mind running around <laughs> with these athletes. What was that like? It, it you know it looking back on it you know at the time you were just so enamored with the fact that you're around these great athletes you know Michael Jordan Larry Bird Magic Johnson you can go on and on and on about this right like i i'm actually going on a podcast here in a couple of weeks to talk about literally for an hour about my ball boy experience so because so many people are fascinated by it but it it was you know it was jaw dropping at first but then you learn how to you know be around people that you know are mega stars and stuff like that and i think it helped me later on in life you know just being around people and what you realize real fast is they're just human beings just with probably an extraordinary talent is is what it boils down to. But, I mean, I learned so much from it. I've gained so many experiences from it. I still talk to some of those guys once in a while. So it... I mean, I could go on and on about being a ball boy. It's, it's something I'm
0: curious about from a mindset perspective, and, I, and I'll kind of fill you in a little bit. So with, with my background, I'm first generation. My dad was actually one of the first Arabic singers uh, in the country, in the United States. Okay. He moved here when he was 18 years old. And I remember growing up, like everybody in the community, the Arabic community here in Michigan specifically, they love my dad. And I'm the firstborn son. And so in my culture, that's like a big, big deal. So I remember, to your point, it was on a different scale, but – When I saw like my dad in that light and then I saw people the way they looked up to him and the way they wanted to talk to him Mm -hmm. and you saw people like line up just to speak to my father. That gave me like a different mindset as I grew up too because I was like, okay, there are parts of that I really loved. I'm like, okay, like I have to act a certain way, a different way. I got to grow up a little faster because of it. Did you go through that with being around those athletes and then do you believe that's taken uh, its shape on you today
1: when it comes to your success and your focus and everything you do? absolutely 100 percent. i mean you hit the nail on the head there uh just how to treat people you know what i mean and Mm. and you know not yeah president of aim and we 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 have these great events and you know there's people that want to talk to me and which blows my mind but (laughs) that people actually want to talk to me but at the same time it's like you you learn how to treat people and give them the time you know that it it may not be a big deal to me but it's a big deal to them so then it makes it a big deal to me you know, even if it's just a, Hey, how you doing? Thanks for, you know, your time and energy with aim, but no, it, 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 it humbled me. It also teaches me just how to treat people properly. You know that's so spot on. It's so
0: funny. I, I uh, you never know how big your impact can be on people, and so much of it has to do with your attitude on a daily basis. And I try to tell people, especially in the role that I'm in today, it's like I have to be on nonstop. Yep. And we have our days. You and I were, you know, talking a little bit <laughs> earlier today. Off air, off air, off air. We talking. About you know, we're not ready to talk <laughs> about it yet. Uh, maybe in 20 years. But off uh, air stuff. You and I were talking about just from a leadership perspective that you deal with. But like, you got to be smiling. You got to be just dialed in. constantly. And so that's something I'm always you know, very fascinated with on my end. What is that situation like for you when uh, maybe there's some conflict arising and then you know you got to keep that straight face on? Mm-hmm. And it's not even play that game, but it's just being a pro. That's how I look at it. people are like, oh, you're being political. No, I'm not. I'm being a pro, I'm processing my emotions, and I'm dealing with it the way I believe is best to deal with it. How do you cope with all that, especially in the role that you're in, dealing with so many people in the broker community?
1: Well, let's be honest here. All of us mortgage brokers are very, very emotional. Yes, We're very, very reactionary too. And one thing that I realized a long time ago is that, it's basically like this two shall pass. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if you just give it time, um, I coach as well. You know, I'm a high school basketball coach. And, uh, you know, I I put a 24-hour rule on parents. Not that I ever have. I have great parents. But, you know, once they can calm down, and it goes with everyone, once you can calm down and just relax, first off, I always take the positive route with everything. You got to take the positive route. There's got to be some positivity in this somehow, some way, silver lining. I always take that route. And then whenever I come up with a conflict, you know, talk people off the ledge, let them know this is what we're working on. This is how we do things. And then I always make a note. Call them 30 days later. Call them 30 days later and say, okay, remember what we talked about? How is it going now? Was it that big of a deal? Or did it work out your way? Or whatever the situation is because there's 4,000 situations that we deal with on a daily basis. But it's, you know, a lot of times people just want to be heard. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest here. They just want to be heard. You know, it's a voice, and that's what AIM does. We're we're the voice for the for the community. So if they have to bounce something off me, I'm all ears at all times. You know what? I I love that so much. And and the thing people don't understand,
0: you know, everyone talks about the success and we, we, everyone knows this, right? You ask anybody in a room, they want to be successful. Everybody raises their hand. Why do only so few people achieve that success Mm -hmm. to me? I truly believe it's the granular little things. The thing you mentioned 30 day Mm -hmm. checkup, right? who else does that? You know, I try to think through that. Like who else is really doing that? And they're paying attention and you're doing it with a purpose from that planning perspective. Has that been there your whole life or have you established that were you ever like a procrastinator and then turned into this like planner
1: or is this something you've kind of always had your whole life? Oh God, I'm at times I'm the biggest procrastinator (laughs) out there. I'm not going to lie, but uh, no, I, I haven't had that my whole life. I I'm always people fascinate me. They absolutely fascinate me. And I always look at, some successful people of, of how they do things. Uh, and then I just try to emulate that or say, okay, what's my touch on it? You know, I don't want to be someone else. I want to mm-hmm. take something from them that I can incorporate with the way I do things and kind of also what would I want? You know, and that's how I always look at things. So, you know, I just, in my head, I said, I think that'd be cool if someone called me back 30 days after I pitch and moan, you know what I mean, or complain or have an issue. And I said, I'll try it. And it's worked out pretty damn well.
0: That's that consistency piece, mm-hmm. man. It's and it's so funny. It's like there's all these constant rules to success, but following them is the, is the hardest piece of it. Life to me is about perspective. If, oh yeah. If you're able to like put yourself in other people's shoes from a perspective angle, it truly, truly helps you grow significantly. Now, I am a little curious about the ball boy thing again. Okay, yeah, I we know can go to hey, podcast. We can talk about this all. day. I don't want to because you're going to go on the podcast, <laughs> but I do. I am curious about one thing. You yeah, talked about me. about meeting you know all these athletes, yeah. and I, I got to go back. You don't got to mention any names, but is there any people that you You met along the way maybe people we might know you don't have to mention a name that maybe you saw didn't treat somebody the right way and kind of bother you saw from afar and went "Mm, i don't i don't know if that's the right i I won't name names on that i will not name names no names but
1: absolutely but it was it was it was very few you know what i mean and i think you know with the way media is they they can portray things a lot worse now but like you know i mean i We worked the locker room. I was in the locker room with these guys all the time. And uh, I'll say there was two to three players that we all know, and I'll tell you off air who they were, Uh that in the locker room, they were arguably some of the worst human beings I've ever seen. Wow. But once again, I could sit here and focus on that. And then once again, perspective, I could sit here and focus on that. But 97% of everyone else were amazing, absolutely amazing. So I, I focused on that. That's what I looked forward to. You know, those uh, we, we call them uh,
0: culture killers is something I, I call people that bring that room down. And you're right. 97% of the room, for the most part, to me, is, is great people regardless of where you're at. But that 3% can hurt you so bad. How do you shift a culture like that, whether it be with, with AIM, your brokerage, mindset, family, keeping people in the right direction? How do you focus on maybe not removing those culture killers, but either A, changing their mindset, or B, maybe you do
1: just have to remove them. When do you make yep. that choice? It, it It's a it's a gut feeling. You know what I mean? Some people, it's I shut the door on them. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like no matter what I say, no matter what we do, uh, you're not worried about the mission. You're worried about you know something that's so minute to get your point across. And other people, it's just allowing them to have conversations. You can disagree with me all you want, John. I'm telling you, you can, as long as we can have a conversation mm-hmm. about it. And if you can't have a conversation, you're done. I'm done, I don't wanna talk. It's it's so emotionally draining.
0: I try to explain that to people, especially with how busy you know days can get for all of us, not just myself, not just you, for all of us. And it's like you only have so much power mentally every day and it's like, do you wanna go through that battle every single day? Yep. For you, when you are shutting that door, I think people struggle with the confrontational piece of having conversations. That took me years to learn, just not going to college and not really dealing with that. And so I learned it through the business world at a young age, and I'm fortunate that I did. But where do you start a conversation of, of confrontation like that where you're going to just disconnect with somebody? How would a Mark Summers even oof, go about that?
1: Oof, that's tough. That's tough. You know, sometimes I just say, "Hey, listen, you know, if I'm shutting the door on someone, I'm going to tell them, listen, we, I, I'll put out everything I've tried to do for them. Um, if you think there's something else I can do, please let me know. But we keep hitting this wall that we can't get past. You get extremely emotional about it. You know, it. I'm done. It's, there's great, when you look at things, and once, you said it, perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had a son that was in the hospital for six, or 19 days. Wow. So when you go back and look at that, that was the most important thing to me in the entire world. Not this. Not lender pay versus borrower paid compensation. Not correspondent versus broker. Wow. I'm, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, we're, if we can't get past that, then we're done. Man, you just hit me right in the heart with that. Uh,
0: and, and people don't even try to look at that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Especially when things go wrong, you as the leader, in my, my opinion, right? You're supposed to take that, that onus, that responsibility, you know? And when things go right, your team takes the onus, mm-hmm. right? It's all about them and what they have did and what they've accomplished. Right. People don't understand the part that does get hard and, and, and it does hurt sometimes. I'm not going to pretend to you it doesn't. It's like they don't even ask about you know my personal life at times which is fine it's not their job right. honest to god it's not they have a job to do I don't expect them to worry about it but when they're putting all that emotional energy on me with their problems and their issues it starts to get tough when they're not even thinking about yours One second, I think you're not oh shit that's okay <clears throat> starts to get tough I got it that was yeah I hit it Dude, this is good. Thank you, by the way. Oh, I'm, I, I don't know if it... Good. I'm glad. No, you're doing it. This is... Hey, he's crushing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's flowing really well. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So it, it's... You ready? Yeah. It starts to get really, really tough on you mentally from that draining perspective how do you deal with the emotions of your everyday life and then incorporate it when you have to go and have a difficult conversation with either the broker community or even a family member whatever
1: that might be? How do you keep those two
0: so separate?
1: You you have to, it's taken a while to learn how to do that. Um, I used to take my emotions home. I used Mm -hmm. to take them everywhere I went and then God love my wife, she said one day, she's like, listen, You're taking whatever happened with this person, and I'm not going to name names, Mm -hmm. and you're taking it out on us right now. Why don't you calm down? And and that hit home. I'm like, I can't believe I'm bringing this BS home. You know what I mean? I got a great family. I got a great life. I got so many things to be blessed about. I'm worried about one damn problem. No. Okay. So I, I try to, you know, I block out time as well where I will not look at my phone. You know what I mean, I I will not do anything. There's also been times when things get uh, hot on social media. (laughs) We all know about those keyboard warriors. But uh, I will delete Facebook, I'll delete Instagram, I'll delete everything that anyone can get a hold on me for for the weekend, because that's for my family. If you really know me, um, you know how to get a hold of me. You know what's crazy, man, you know my my fiance, same thing, not not even too long ago.
0: we're gone some days, very long, especially our industry twelve, fourteen mm-hmm. hours a day, and we're sitting there, and like you said, we're smiling all day, we're dialed in, and then you walk in the house, and my energy's just mm-hmm. def- yeah de- deflated, they're deflated right and my fiance one day I'm just sitting there I don't want to talk I'm just and she's like she's like, do you think it's fair to me that I'm not there with you all day, and when you walk in, you don't have the energy to sit there and have conversations with me and and I looked at her, and you know sometimes <laughs> that when the loved ones get you, you're just like. Damn.
1: I'm a terrible human being. Yeah, I got got nothing
0: to say right now, but it's such a a good point, and it's something that people don't even think about necessarily, and that's so true because with your everyday life, you got to find a way to to navigate through every single piece of that. When it comes to you and your business and growing into this field and everything that you've accomplished over the years, what's been two or three of the more difficult things that you've had to face when it comes from an
1: adversity standpoint? Oh, God. Give me a day. Every every day is an adversity day. I mean, really look at it. Um, two or three things; ugh, those are tough. I, I'm telling you, the the business itself to me, yes, it's market based, but it's not that tough as long as you're a good person and as long as you, as long as you put out to people. And like, I don't try to sell people; I just try to educate people. And if they want to go with me, they want to go with me. You know, then I move on. Um, but my big things are like we just talked about taking things home. How you know, like how do I treat my family? What am I doing for my family? I do all this stuff for all my clients. I do all this stuff for all my employees. What, what am I doing for my family? Cause at the end of the day, if let's just say this business blows up, who's gonna be standing by your side and it's gonna be your family. It's all about the right relationships. Yeah. You know, the family's, the family's a big
0: part of it. And when it comes to right relationships, especially in the in the business industry, you know, I remember uh, you and I first first connecting and I remember you telling me like, you're like, who the hell is this guy, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. how I came from the retail space over. Um, and from the business sector, I think sometimes it's hard to figure out who you can trust and what they're looking to do. How have you learned to establish from a relationship aspect, which people that you should spend some energy on and mm-hmm. which people you're like, eh, maybe I should be
1: a little more cautious. Well, this is, this is a big fault of mine. I trust everyone up front right away. <laughs> too, <man>. it, it, <laughs> it's, it's bit me in the ass a lot of times, but I look at it this way. I'm gonna put my best foot forward and I'm gonna trust in people. I'm gonna trust in what they do, how they do things, until they betray my trust, and then once they do that, it's it's you already have two strikes on you. Then we're done, you know. So I, I don't know. I probably trust people way too much because I'm also an open book. I don't have a lot of things to hide, you know. So why why waste time? Life is too short. Why waste time trying to get you get to know you for six months when I could have known you in one month? You know, I'd known everything about you. And then if you if you betray me or if I find out you're not a good person, okay. Oh, well, I tried.
0: You know, that's so fascinating to me, especially with the time. You know, we talked about the time wasting and all of that stuff. People don't take that into consideration when it comes to time and how much they can value their time. And instead, mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time, we've talked about it before, whether complaining or blaming other people or self deflecting. For you, how have you learned to navigate through? And we all do it, right? Potentially victim mentality. I've had it before too. Oh, what yeah. was me? What was me? What oh, was yeah. me? how have you been able to navigate through that with everything that's that's happened you went through the 08 crisis obviously too mm-hmm. and you shifted your focus you talk a little bit about 08 how you shifted that focus got out of that victim mentality made a shift and then made another shift
1: lots of shifts going on there yeah the 08 thing was was tough you know just because it was a completely different industry back then it was the wild wild west i mean i remember when i started it was okay do i have to take a class do i need anything and it was like no just sign the application and be done go get their pay stubs probably fake pay stubs you know what i mean and oh and, and, be, yeah. and be done with it uh when 08 hit it it really made me grow up it, it made me grow up fast um but then i got a great opportunity again with the pistons yep. you know what i mean and and one of my mentors uh you know he he called me and he's like hey why don't you come sell for me with the pistons and i'm like why not? It's going. It's like going back home again, you know. So, I did that. I think for for four years, and it taught me a lot. You know, like how big businesses work, um, how to really communicate with people over the phone a lot. Uh, it taught me how to step outside my box. It taught me many things: big budgets, little budgets. It, it taught me so much. I am so glad. 08 happened in one sense, just because of what I learned from that. So, hold on a second. So 2008
0: happens. All of mm-hmm. that occurs. You shift into sales for the Pistons mm-hmm. during a recession. Yep. So you started selling tickets? Yep, corporate sales, suites. Yeah, the whole nine. How difficult was that? What kind of shift was that from your mindset to from mortgages over to that? Oh
1: my god, it was it was <laughs> it was it was a complete 180. But once again, I looked at it and I could have sat there and said, "Well, this isn't mortgages." Um no, I'm not making $5,000 on a deal per se. But I sat there and said, I'm blessed someone wanted me to to come do this with them. You know what I mean? And, and just this experience, I mean, hopping on the Pistons private plane and flying to Cleveland or, you know, I mean, like experiences, once again, because I don't know, I'm not this big, big philosophy guy, but at the end of the day, all we have is our experiences. And that's what I always talk about. I mean, even going back to the Pistons, you know, like ball boy working the locker rooms, all my friends used to ask me for autographs all the time. You know, can you get this autograph? Can you get this autograph? Can you, you know, and players used to give us their shoes and stuff. Oh, I'm telling you right now, the day that I was done, you know, go, going to play college basketball and I was done being a ball boy, They, all my friends and, you know, and and she's now my wife at the time said, well, what, what do you have? I didn't have one thing. I didn't have one signed card, one pair of shoes. I gave them all away. Why not? Those people enjoy it way more than I do. I got the experience. They just got a pair of shoes. <laughs> just
0: being so selfless, man. You know, I people. I, I've been very fortunate. You know, I, I take care of a lot of people. God has put a lot on my plate, and, and I'm I I have the shoulders for it. I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to uh, have resentment towards being the certain positions that I was in, and it used to bother me. And to your point, I had an awesome mentor that got me over that resentment of whatever it was that I was feeling towards whoever it was, because at the end of the day, it's all about my experiences and the perspective Mm -hmm. that I have in regards to my experiences. And that to me is so difficult to do. How has it helped you more sharing and just giving as opposed to you keeping everything closed in and inside, like a lot of people do
1: nowadays. I don't know how people don't do it more. I sit there and look at that. I don't know how people don't do it more. It's like, it's the greatest thing for me. Like when you start talking about aim escalations, right? Um, I handle a lot of the escalations or kind of push them through. I have a great team that does a lot of it and great partners. Don't get me wrong. But some of it, I will sit there and say, I'm taking this one on. You know what I mean? And then I take time out of my day, but to be able to call people back and say, I got it fixed. You know what I mean? Or we were able to get it fixed. This is what you need to do. And just to hear them, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, you just saved me $7,000. And I I think it was Russell Petty got on Facebook. I I helped him on a deal, and I saved him $21,000. Wow. I didn't even know it. I didn't care. I just wanted to help. And that right there is priceless to me you can't pay me enough to do that you you did you so I don't know if you remember you did one for me and I I've, oh, yeah, oh my I forgot I, about I, that
0: and I never it's crazy because like I tried not to ask for you know stuff of that nature I, I'm very dialed into it but it, I'll never forget I I asked you I broke it all down for you and not even three hours later I got a text back from you you're like yo this is all set yep and I was like, I totally forgot
1: about that yeah and I, See, was, I don't I don't th- I mean like I thrive on it but I don't like hold it, you no, know, you don't. Th-
0: onto the next one. You're Let not me coming help. back to tap me on the shoulder and be like, Hey, you remember when I did you that favor? Well, I'm going to now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Not> here, remember. <laughs> That's the part people don't get. It's like, you're not, you're not doing, it's not even favors, right? It's when you do it, it's out of the kindness of your heart. And I try to explain to people, when I do something like that, my heart is so filled. Yep. People don't understand. And my, my day is more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And in our industry, there are days that are just not enjoyable. Right? So, why not put yourself in a position to have certain moments and opportunities to where you can
1: feel that kind of love and feel that Absolutely. kind of joy i, I mean that, i look at this i look i look at so many people that helped me through the years you know what i mean or just treated me outside the box a little bit differently a little bit more special you know we can take it back to the ball boy days grant hill he was my guy like he he was the, he is so much my guy my my firstborn's named after him
0: oh my god you know what i mean man. so
1: And the true story, and he was so great to me. I remember I think I was sixteen, maybe seventeen-ish, and when he was leaving the Pistons, he pulled me into a room on the side and said, Hey, just want to let you know no one knows yet. I'm going to Orlando. And I was I was heartbroken by it because he was he was my guy. You know what I mean? And so many other people treated me good, but I look at this like on my sixteenth birthday, you know, lets me use his car, gives me all this Duke stuff. That's why I became a Duke fan. I mean like and I sit there and look at it and go, he didn't have to do that. Like pe- people don't have to do things, but why? Cause he's a good person. So right away I sat there and said, my first, my first son's going to be named Grant.
0: I'm getting emotional and you're giving <laughs> me goosebumps. I'm just being honest with you. So, um, and there is a reason for, for why And you know, I used to think this all the time. I had the, the most incredible mentors. I really did. I'm so, so grateful because I would not be in the position I'm in, especially with my background and, and not, you know, being first generation and not having financial literacy, mm-hmm. And, um, I used to ask myself, I'm like, why is this, you know, this human being pouring into me that doesn't need to pour into me and teaching me and guiding me. And they, they want, they want to help me. And you know what I learned about it? And as, as I got older and I kept asking them these questions and my, my biggest mentor passed away about five years ago, only a couple days ago. Um, and, and someone said, he said, John, we're poor, we pour into you because you're letting your guard down. You don't have the ego and your eagerness to, to work and want to learn. You know, and they would tell me, John, we need you here at seven. I'd show up at six. John, we need you to work till 10. I'd, I'd stay till midnight. And it's like, I, I wanted it so bad. Right. But I, I also wanted it because it's like that human being's pouring into me. And how dishonest to God is how I feel. How disrespectful of me not to give everything I have to this person that does not need to spend time on John Haddad. Right. They don't. And you took that same philosophy and that same approach and applied it to, obviously, a Grant Hill. I mean, that's that's just... <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool is an understatement, yeah. man. You know, like nobody nobody knows that, and it gives you a different perspective, and you can either be cocky about it, right, and go to school and like, yeah, I don't grant this or that, but you took a whole different approach. Why do you think
1: you took that different approach? Well, first off, my dad would have kicked my ass if, <laughs> if, 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 if I did, but I, don't, I mean, look at those guys I, I was with every day, you know, and, you know, and another cool part of it was so... I loved basketball growing up, obviously, and so then the the guys and and the strength and conditioning coach at the time, Arnie Kander, he's like, "Hey, if you want to play college basketball, you better get serious." So during the summer at their practice facility, I would go there Monday through Friday with them and work out with the guys, right? So, which was absolutely amazing. But then you get to see these guys every day and how they act and how NBA superstars were humbled. You know what I mean? I mean, absolutely humbled. And I just always sat there and said, "There's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone above you. Just be humble about things and take that on with your life. I mean, that, that's all we can do. I mean, I'm not a cocky person, anyways. It's I hate cocky people. I like confident people. Cocky people suck. And there's a
0: there's a difference too. I tell people all the time. There's a very very big difference. Uh, between that, there's that fine line, you know? Mm-hmm. And the confidence piece is, it helps you a lot because you, you have to have that confident mentality. Um, and we're, we're getting close on time, but I do have two questions for you before I get into my last question. Me. First piece of it is from from the confidence perspective, how have you maintained confidence o- over the years with everything that you deal with?
1: It's tough, it's tough because, you know, sometimes we get, we get battered down uh, by people's problems. You know what I mean? And then you sit there and go, why, why am I even doing this anymore? Uh, But at the same time, it's it's that thing of just being able to help again, you know And that's what gives me the confidence that if someone's reaching out to me for help Then I have to have somewhat confidence in myself even if it's just one person I have to have confidence in myself Um, a lot of things I do as well is you know, like I told you I coach high school basketball and I I tell the kids all the time. Hey, we're gonna use basketball. No one's gonna be an NBA star here we're going to use basketball as life lessons. You know what I mean? So I have to be confident around them about what I teach them. And, you know, because, like, I tell the parents all the time, I'm developing young men. You know, and I want them to be great young. I want them to be great people. and I want them to have the confidence. And I want them to have life lessons. And we're going to use basketball as the vehicle. So with that being said, it's just you're I'm forced to be confident. I'm strictly To be honest with you, not a very confident person, but I have to have a lot of conversations with myself. Um, I have to have a lot of uh, I do these little quick, uh, you know, like Instagram things. And whenever I need a good ass kick, and I just go, I gotta listen to David Goggins real quick. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No no one cares. Shut up. Do your thing. Move on. Um, But I'm forced to. I'm forced to, and I'm glad I'm forced to. I mean, because it would be really easy for me just to crawl in my shell. I could, I could go to my office and not talk to anyone, but if someone needs me, I'm there for them. So I have to be confident.
0: That's the truth, man. That's the truth. You're, it's way easier to go into a shell. Mm-hmm. It's way easier to be negative. It's way easier to have dark thoughts. It's way easier to not want to do shit. You know what the hard part is? The hard hardest damn part is truly what you just said. Try being positive every day, all day long. Try putting on a smile all day long. Try staying confident all day long because people are watching you, whether you believe it or not, whether it's your kids, your family members, and they are counting on you and they're going to be a reflection of what you're doing, especially if you're the one kind of leading that charge and you're in your hierarchy in that family. So that's so fascinating and people do not spend time thinking about that. Right, uh, most people's thoughts. I, th- I heard a statistic: eighty percent of people like their thoughts are negative, negative. and that to me is mind blowing. My my second question, I you forget my last one? Uh, you talked about memorabilia, and
1: you gave everything away. Yeah. Do you have everyth- anything now from no. memorabilia standpoint?
0: No, good nothing. for you, man. I,
1: I don't have anything. The only thing I have is uh, one of my coaching mentors, Charlie. He's he's one of the greatest human beings I ever met. He specifically, I told him this story a long time ago, and then he went out and found a Grant Hill signed picture that he, he went to some memorabilia show, whatever it is, and then said, this is for your son. That's the only thing that I have. My kids might have some stuff from like recent stuff, but in terms of me, I have nothing. That's amazing, man.
0: And then the last question, so we went every single one, and, and I'm just very curious to know, you got a 17, 18-year-old Mark Summers. Mm-hmm. All right, He is doing his thing. He's playing ball. He is navigating through life, trying to figure out what he's going to do next. And all of a sudden, as this man is shooting hoops, he sees your version of Mark Summers walk in through those basketball doors, ready to coach. And you get to take two, three words to this young man at 17, 18 year old. What would you tell Mark
1: Summers today? So what am I gonna tell the young Mark Summers? First off, don't eat like I do now, because I was like 140 (laughs) pounds back then. But uh, no, I, I I would personally say, have confidence in yourself. A lot of things we touched on. Have confidence in yourself. And be the most selfless person out there because it it always comes back. I mean, we talk about it in our business all the time. You know, don't do things just because you're going to get reciprocation. Do things because it always comes back. It it's, it's the way the world works. It's karma. I'm a big believer in karma. You know, and be selfless, be confident, and take care of your family. Man, I
0: appreciate you very, very much for being on here. That is another episode of the early birds podcast. And for those of you out there, I know it's not easy and I know your lives might not all be the same and might not all be rainbows and butterflies, but here's what I will tell you. And I know it's from the bottom of my heart. I have been in dark places. I've been depressed. I've been through all of it. It is way harder to focus on the positive, but I can promise you this when you do, when you surround yourself with those positive people, your life day by day, slowly, but surely will change But it's going to take you and your discipline to focus on that positivity. And I challenge every single one of you to do that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark Summers, for being on here, sir. I hope you guys have an incredible day.